I am unashamed. What about you? All right, Jace, we're back. I'm I'm in the southern lair um, for uh, the podcast, the last podcast in this one. So it's, we, it's always a little more challenging, but you know we like it down here. So we spoke in Alabama, Lisa. It was kind of it was kind of fun. This doesn't happen very often, but so she spoke, and I was just like along for the ride, you know. And so, but it's, it's kind of weird because they're taking pictures with her, and I'm just kind of standing off to the side over there. We took a, a couple from here that's in our neighborhood. They'd never seen us do that, you know, so it's kind of interesting. But we were in Jasper, Alabama, and um, but there was a lot of fans there, uh, well, the yeah. show and the podcast. So it was it was fun. Well, I I told the last podcast about my my treasure adventures. What I didn't share because that was a that was positive. It was inspiring, and the true treasure were you know the people that I met. But what I didn't share is the day before I went on a, a local scout trip, because a lot of people have kind of caught the buzz of what we're doing, and some of my neighbors, and they're like, come here. And, and then you have the TV people. They're looking for old places and treasure stories of old. And so one of them came up with a place that, because that, they asked me to go scout it and see you know, if we can find some stuff. And so I got the coordinates, and it uh, wasn't too far out of town. I mean, not sure how far it was, you know, 40, 50 minutes. And so I'm following the GPS. And Murray, he's like a walking encyclopedia and a roadmap. You know, he doesn't do GPS. He's just been everywhere, and he knows. So I'm talking to him. He's trying to tell me because the GPS, I just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't right where – it wasn't matching up with where I thought it was. So I'm talking to Murray, and I get down by the river, you know, the Washtaw, and it was like a little community. And I'm like, well, this doesn't seem right. And so, but they had a big circle that you could drive around. So I was thinking, I'm just going to, because it was wet and muddy that day, I thought, I'm just going to drive through there because the, the gps was saying go in here this is this is where it's at <laughs> so i go in it and there's i'd say there's like 15 or 20 kind of river rat looking old trailers i mean it's in the flood flood zone here and so as i make a loop a guy in a golf cart looked like it was built about that was the treasure it looked like it was built about 1940 <laughs> Just runs in front of me. I mean, like I stomped on the brakes, but he was all wild eyed. And I was thinking, I'm glad I was only going eight miles an hour, which is about how fast I was going. Eight. Well, he gets out and he starts coming toward my window. And I was like, well, uh oh, what, what's this? Because he didn't look happy. I rolled down the window. I, so I got the phone. I'm talking to Murray in my hand with the GPS. And I said, man, I'm And when I said, man, I was going to say, man, I'm turned around. He said, can you read? And I went, no. <laughs> he said, you can't read. <laughs> he was pointing to some signs. And I was like, I, my, I said, well, my point is I couldn't read. Whatever you're thinking I should be reading, I was looking at this GPS. But then he just... You, I'm calling calling the law. I said, call them. Maybe they can tell me where I'm at. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> I was thinking, I've committed no crimes, you know. But then he said, this is private property. I was looking around. I'm like, well, there's 30 houses here. <laughs> this, the GPS has led me to. But every time I tried to say something, he just, I mean, I was not laughing at the time because I thought, I was looking at my Bible and my pistol because I was thinking, where is this going? I mean, he was using a lot of four-letter words. He's insulted me. He's cussing me out. He said, don't you ever come back here. Get out of here. And so then I just thought, all right, whatever he's upset about, let me try to defuse the thing. You know, So I said, well, I apologize. I took a wrong turn. And he said, well, you should be sorry. You are sorry. I mean, that's a, it was like a drill sergeant every time I said, said something. <laughs> And so I said, okay. And I eased off. Well, I forgot I had Murray on the phone. He said, 
Well, that didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) So Murray witnessed everything by phone. Yeah, he was listening to the whole conversation. And he said, I thought you handled that as, I mean, what else could you do? And I was like, I forgot you were listening. And then I told him, I was like, when I when I drove out, I looked back at what I was supposed to read, but I didn't see it. I mean, I saw nothing. I saw no private property. I saw no trespassing. All I saw was a sign that said five miles an hour. And I said, well, maybe because I was going eight <laughs> instead of five. <laughs> and he said, maybe it was some kind of drug compound or whatever. I mean, because he was just irrational and not loving. And I thought of all these this definition of love in this first Corinthians 13. And I thought this was the exact opposite. He, he exhibited the exact opposite of every quality here. And at first I was a little bit, you know, cause when someone challenges you, I mean, I, I was trying to find a play. I'm obviously I've made a, I made a wrong turn. But I'm I'm trying to blame the GPS, but trust me, he ain't been looking at the GPS. He don't. He just <laughs> struck me as the type of guy that he didn't know that that is a thing now. He wasn't uh, aware of that technology. <clears throat> no, not happy. And I was looking for a weapon, and I didn't see one on him. So I thought, well, I'm in this truck. I'm pretty safe. But he was he was invading my personal space. I kept backing up because I thought, well, he could throw a jab through the you know because I have the window rolled down. But I thought, mm. so that's why when I, and I eventually found the place, which was a couple miles from there. And yep. for some reason, it just, it, it sent me down the road, but it made me realize, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are, they are quick. They're not slow to anger. They're quick to rage. <laughs> yep. And they definitely and I, and keep they wouldn't listen. wrongs. Remember that verse that says you're was not slow patient, to anger, was not quick kind. to listen. Was not rude. Yeah, yeah it, rude. Easily angered. Yep. I mean, just because I mean, there's a way to do it. I mean, you you can chastise and not demean. You, you know, were looking at right. the product of our culture. Yeah, it really was. It was it was troubling. But you know what? It actually just ruined my day. Even when I went, I, I just couldn't quit thinking about because he was just belligerent and demeaning and just. I mean, I'm leaving out all the four-letter words that were in between every syllable. I mean, it was a talent of how to insert expletives <laughs> in a rant. I'm like, how do you even know how to do all that? I, I, I'd do a terrible job of that. You know, you know how they needed a sign that said. This part of Alabama, no vehicles allowed. Well, I was in Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm in ha- Alabama. Have a sign you know, you know. <laughs> that says "Do not enter." That I get. Do not yeah. enter, or you will be cussed out with a withering barrage <laughs> from the craziest person in this neighborhood. You know how that guy could do it so well, Jase, because he's done it a lot. That's a good point. If Practice, he did a little he, research he, and someone gave him the information. Let me explain the one you were cursing out. He's a TV celebrity. He's looking for a place to. He didn't care, though. So, you know what I mean? He didn't. He d- he didn't want to know, and he wanted. Then it made me think. Well, maybe I should call the law because most people that say I'm gonna call the law, that means they would never want that to occur. Yeah. You know, because I said call him. I, mean, I was thinking, I'm driving down a road here. GPS took me. I'm trying to turn around. And you are just, it's a withering barrage of hate. And I was like, I, I, I guess I unless he owned all 13 houses. It just didn't make sense, you know? It didn't make sense to me. I was like, you can't enter this neighborhood? It's that a sounds like a, it sounds like a, 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 a perfect replica of Matt Dillon episode. Yeah. I was thinking you, you ride along on your horse. What are you doing out there? Yeah. That's how it starts and then there's gunplay. Then the laws do come. What happened? He lies and said, Oh well, this guy But you know if I had his attitude, Al, that I just pulled my pistol. You know, it it was like if you if he meets him, there's somebody's gonna get killed. Somebody's yep. getting hurt. Because he he could not have tried any more to entice me to a fight. I mean, that's what he wanted to do. Yep. I mean, you just, I mean, he did everything but talk about my mama. Yep. And I mean, but every other th- personal thing he could think of that was nasty and violent, 
And I just thought, I took the wrong <laughs> turn based on GPS. I'm in the wrong place. It didn't look like it was a private place. He had some signs up that had faded, I guess. Or, you know, I need to get my glasses out to figure out. Because it was not <laughs> obvious that I was not supposed to enter this domain. I've had hundreds at least say at some point when I said, what are you doing? They're, they're trying to enter where I live. There's a gate there with cameras and all of it being filmed. But uh, there's been more than I can count that say they just wound up here because of the GPS. Well, right. And you know, then, then I got to have to And guess what? Well. You built a gate. Well, he needs a wall. Yep. You know what's funny is Murray, his, his one take, he said, I don't understand why you told him you couldn't read. I said, well, I, I knew what he was saying because he was pointing. There was a sign somewhere. But I was, I was looking and I was listening to the GPS and I was talking to you. I, I meant I was not in a state where I could read anything at that point. I, I was just trying to turn around. So, I, I mean, he wasn't giving me a chance to answer. He's like, oh, okay, I got you. He's like, well, I didn't want you to be dishonest to him. I was like, well, I'm pretty sure he knew I could read. He was just being insulting. <laughs> I was trying most, to say I was distracted. Most adult males that drive trucks yeah. can read. I mean, just as like, a general. That was Possibly funny. he had something to hide that you didn't know about. Yeah. So that's why I thought about calling the law saying – there's some guy down here on the riverbank claiming he's, you know, owns all this property. Y'all need to go check this guy out. I'm sure he'll wind up in handcuffs because if the law pulls up and he tries that, I was thinking go in an unmarked vehicle and just get ready. <laughs> but you know what's ironic, Jay? So you told the story on the last podcast about your Virginia experience, which was such the opposite, but it's almost like, you needed that after that experience, you know what I'm saying? To to restore your faith in humanity, you know, that there's that there really know, are great I mean, people out there. It took me a week to get over it, but you're right. I thought about that. I thought, you know, it's weird. Same planet, different people. You pull up, you're I mean, I'm trying to do the same thing. I took a wrong turn. Instead of somebody saying, Are you lost? Can I help you? I mean, and nicely say, Look, this is private or whatever, if it was true. It was just a hail of gunfire, you know, like hmm. words-wise. It was just, it was probably the most demeaning tongue-lashing I've ever received in my life. And I've been Can here Can you imagine being while. married to that, to that person no, or I, that that was your dad? I mean, you know, and living with that day in and day. Because like I said, that's not a one-off. You don't go off on somebody like that. It without that being your life and who you are. I mean, that's what's sad. Yeah, exactly. Somebody has to but it made that. me realize that it's a it's this is all about spiritual warfare. I mean, there's no doubt about it. No matter what you do in life, you're gonna see sometimes the cutting edge of both sides. I've had right. two weeks, two to three weeks of uh basically uh appearances on various talk shows, you know, across the United States, these United States of America. And the most oft asked question is, so, you know, if they tried to cancel you, Mr. Robinson, you know, how did you respond? I mean, I know you want to get them back, and I, and I have to explain to them, no, I don't have to get them back at all. I'm not yeah. in the judging business. One lawgiver and judge. I kept quoting over and over First Corinthians 13. I said, love's patient, it's kind. It does not keep a record of wrongs. It's, it's, so I'm there, I'm not gonna punish him. I said, there, there's a judge that will judge us all. I'll leave it up to him. But, well, but I'm yeah. not gonna condemn no, and him. I, thought, I said, Jesus I died for him. He, he so loved the world, he died for him. So I'm not gonna do to them what they tried to do to me. I'm not gonna do that. I don't hold against them. I've already forgiven. Well, you, you think about it in our culture. Hang, how hang they're on, perplexed. They're sitting there and, you know, they're conservatives and they're saying, but you, 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 you need to get them back. I'm like, Let's no. take a break. So uh, the our friends at Scoremaster, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, they have what they call the three-week rule when it comes to financial advice. 
uh, and that's uh, three weeks to buy a new car or some you know big product, three weeks to re- refinance your home mortgage, and three weeks to finance any major purchase. I think that's pretty good. And the reason you need three weeks is you want to build up your credit score so you can get the lowest interest rate possible. A lot of people are talking about inflation these days and interest rates and what's going to happen. If you're going to buy something big and have a major purchase, purchase, you want to be sure and check these guys out at ScoreMaster. On average, they'll raise your score up 61 points up, which is really good. Lisa and I have used them when we bought the Southern Lair down here, so uh, they do work. Uh, it definitely saved us a lot of money over the length of a loan. You can try ScoreMaster for free and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. Go to scoremaster.com slash fill. That's scoremaster.com slash fill and save yourself money uh, on a loan. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Phil. Well, I think in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, where we're at, I mean, you think about this. It says the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So you think it's almost like a riddle. We're all members, but there are many different members, but we're one. We're one body. That's one group. You have the, you but, have, but you have the group, unbelievers that are sur- surrounded. Well, right. But that group includes all groups. Because then he says, because he doesn't deal in categories. You think about it. Because then he goes on to say, we're all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks. So that's the two categories. That, that's what we do is make categories. I mean, you could say Russians or Americans or. But he says, and we're all given the one spirit to drink. So in God's value system, we're all humans. In need made by him but in need of his love and grace and mercy that's why i've been so uh distraught over this you know russia invading the ukraine because to most people well it's just it used to be part of the soviet union and they want to get it back and but to me i was there i was in i was in the ukraine i have friends there you know back when I guess, how many years ago was that, Al? Always get That's this probably wrong. probably 25 Did I go? years ago. 25 years ago. It's right after the Cold War ended, yeah. there was a, uh, and I've shared this before, I think, but they were doing basically at that point a humanitarian outreach with sharing Jesus kind of in secret because it that just wasn't a thing back then. But uh, And I was there for a few weeks, but... And now when I'm seeing what's going on, I'm like, I mean, it just, you know, it just tears me up. But that's why I was thinking is people, they tend to devalue the individuals if you're just looking at it like it's just a different country. It's people we don't know. And but once you go there and, and, a, and a lot of my, my whole point of bringing this up is, is I know deep in my heart that that work and ministry that was going on, we, we shared Jesus with thousands of people. And I kept up with it through the years of, of the ministry they kept doing. Well, now I'm not shocked that they're being viciously attacked because I know that there's a lot of God-loving believers there from all that work that I was involved in too. And I'm like, does it shock me that somebody is bombing them and um, I just I know it's a spiritual warfare thing because of my personal involvement there, you know. <clears throat> and it's like Dad talks about it's it's godlessness. I mean, communism and and is always surrounded usually by atheism and godlessness. And so the idea is is that if it's just about controlling borders and people, you're right. They don't care. I mean, you know, I think they're the reason they haven't done worse is they're not wanting to have to rebuild it all. But it's, I'm with you, Jace. It's, it's upset me, too. And I forgot that you were actually there. But I was in Romania right before you went uh, to Ukraine. 
And I feel the same way about them. I mean, that, that was 1991. I mean, that was 30 years ago for me. But I still remember the people and the impact and, and the brothers and sisters and, you know, the, mm-hmm. and those people around the world. So a lot of times people, we're in America, you know, and you, you start thinking, well, America first, and that's 6,000 miles away. Why should I care? Well, it's because we got brothers and sisters there. <laughs> I mean, well, that's why I care. because it's God first. Look, and there's not categories of people. Those people, I mean, my translator's name was Vadim and his wife, Lisa. I mean, I'm like, they're somewhere over there in the basement with a hell of gunfire going on. You know, I was in the Donetsk, Gorlovka area. And when I see that pop up there, I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. These are my people, you know. I mean, yep. and I, I feel the same thing to make this application with God. If you keep God as just some being that's a million miles away and and it's just the idea of God is there, that's one thing. When you have what people in the religious world which i like say when you have a personal relationship with him well it's a whole new meaning and it's the same compassion and all these fruits of the spirit and all these different kinds of uh, definitions of love that he mapped out well it's different when you know those people and you spent time with them and you hear their hurts and you see their passion for jesus and you see the transformation in their life and you think boy they've they're really going to take this country for Christ. You know, you leave and forget about it and look up one day. And now this, this moment has happened. And when you think about Ephesians six, where it says our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I mean, that the guy cussing me out cause I took a wrong turn and I was turning around. I mean, we want to make it about him, but deep down, that's why you have to say, look, I fell on my sword and apologize, which did no good. And, I mean, I, what else can I do? Because I thought I, I'm going to treat him with with what the Lord has taught me. I mean, I don't want to right now. I want to get out and take my chances and whoop his butt. <laughs> but that ain't right, you know. And plus, he may kill me, you know. I'm not sure I could take him, but I do have a pistol, and we don't want it to escalate to that. And so I just apologize for I wasn't sure what I was apologizing for, but then every time he said something, I said, you're right. I was wrong. I apologize. I'm leaving. Don't ever come back. I will never come back. Won't do it. You're right. He's still cussing as I'm pulling away, going around his little golf cart, you know. But, uh, you know, it's 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 bigger than flesh and blood. There are spiritual forces at work. We're getting we're seeing it firsthand with what's going on in Ukraine. And so I do encourage everyone, you know, to, to pray for those, even the people I specifically named. I mean, these are warriors for the Lord. Yeah, I thought about it, Jay. Of course, by the time this this podcast airs things will have changed i'm sure because everything's changing so quickly there but i've been inspired this week like the president you know has stayed there through these first three or four days and and we're recording on sunday but i mean I, I, that inspires me i thought man you talking about a leader i mean he could bail because he's a dead man if they take over they're gonna kill him i mean he's on the list and yet he's like nope I'm going to stay here with my people. My people aren't going anywhere. And I thought that's what leadership is. You stay till you stay and protect your people. And so I, I, it's just, I've been really inspired by a lot of the stories that have come out of that whole situation. But I'm like you, it's, it's upsetting when I realize what people do. And yet we're in a position, nobody, I mean, Russia's not somebody you can mess around with either. They got as many nuclear weapons as we do. You know, of course, this is the first time, Dad, since World War II that, you know, people have just gone across people's borders. And Their just doctrine said, has never changed uh, for the last 75 to 100 years. Their doctrine is the same. You must get rid of Bibles and you must get rid of, of religion. You must do away with it. Crush it at, by all yep. means or, or this, this won't work. In other words, socialism nor communism, it does not work with Bibles. You give the people the Bibles. You have to take care of get get their mind off of that altogether. You must crush it, burn the Bibles, and, and go on about your business. But it's the same. 
teach Charles Darwin, Dar Charles Darwin. You have to, the, <clears throat> in the beginning, God didn't create the heavens and the earth. Salt water made it. You have to have those teachings to, to fill the gap. So that's what you see there. It's spiritual warfare at but, its worst. But Al, you, in, to Phil's point, you know, we've done a lot of world traveling. I, mean, I, I went to Europe and, you know, I just went to Greece this, this past year. I was in the Ukraine. I've been to South America and Mexico. And when, when you go to these places, you realize that contrary to our world culture, these are, these are, we shouldn't make these categories. They're people. And yeah. the, ev everywhere I've been, it's the same everywhere. People, they have the same problems. They make mistakes. They're looking for direction. They're looking for purpose. They're looking for why they're, they're here. God's message of grace through Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection, it's just as appealing in the Ukraine as it is in Mexico, as it is in the United States. It's You have the same discussions. That is correct. They have the same sense of humor and wittiness and different things. It's, it's like God has brought people together through Jesus, and the world's trying to do that by showing how different all the categories are. They're focused on the categories instead of what brings them together. Because if you don't have God, you don't have anything to bring people together. That's it. So then we just I, have dividing lands of of land. Saying, well, you're a you're Ukrainian, and there. I mean, just think about what this fight is over. You used to be us. We want to take that over. We want you to come back. You're ours. But it, we're all just people, and you hey, have guys, a choice to do what's right a, or to do evil. Let's, let's take a break. So we uh, talk a lot on our podcast about wise counsel, both what we get from the Holy Spirit, uh, but also, you know, just having people in your life that uh, when you have a tough time or something difficult, uh, you can uh, to get some help. And we have a great sponsor uh, called Faithful Counseling. And um, I've talked to some of our listeners that have used them, which I love the feedback that you guys have given me, because uh, it's really been a big blessing in your life. And I knew that it would. Uh, they have over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across the, the U.S., all 50 states. You can text, chat, phone, video. There's a lot of different ways to be able to get the counseling. It's available on your desktop, on your web, Androids, you know, every way possible. It's secure, it's convenient, it's professional, and it's also affordable. So if you're needing uh, some, some wise counsel, uh, check these guys out. Uh, great sponsor. Unashamed listeners get 10% off their first month. So give them a try, faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. You're going to fill out a questionnaire. Uh, you're going to fill out a questionnaire, assess your needs, and they're going to match you with a great counselor. Faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. You're right, Jason. You're, you know who the last person, the last, before you read that verse, you knew who the last person to invade Ukraine was? Adolf Hitler, 80 years ago, when yeah. they were trying to take Russia, Germany was. So to we, your point, Dad, it just recycles again and again and again. Well, a few a few years ago, I'm, I'm not sure how many it was, you know, they, they had a little altercation and they dropped some bombs over it. Look. On one of the streets that I walked, I saw it on the news. I told Missy, I was like, I walked down that street. And uh, so I'm not sure what happened. I mean, I'm going to say that was five to ten years ago. You know, there was there was some scrap. Maybe that was the beginning of what we have now. But I thought of this Hebrews 11 when he talked about all the people's people of faith and he got to Abraham talking about his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in, in the sky. And we know what it took through faith to have that accomplished. But then he said in verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared 
a city for them. And I just think it's God's way of showing how we are the nation of God. And our citizenship is in heaven, like it says in Philippians 3. And he does value everything, no matter what language you speak or which ocean you live by. I just think it's a needed thing to be said that everybody's talking about the physical bombs going and all the worldly motivation and this, you know, Putin's showing unstable, you know, evil intentions and pretty much the whole world is uniting against all this. And I'm like, yep, it's a spiritual problem here. It's it's the good last versus time, evil. The last time in World War II, as Joseph Stalin, together with us, and we met and defeated Nazism, the Russians did something we didn't do. They stayed, and they controlled yep. those countries that they delivered from Nazism. They yep. kept them and turned it into communism. We were the only ones who said, just give us uh, some piece of land to bury our dead when we get you out from under Nazism. Just give, yep. us, give us some land where we can bury our dead. And when we get done with Hitler, we're going to back off and you can have your country back. The, the Russians said, no, it's ours. The, the countries they delivered Nazism, the, the people from, they kept them. And that lasted 75 years. Finally, the Soviet Union collapsed on itself. But now they're back. And here we do. Here we're going. Just a, a replay of what just happened for over 75 to 100 years ago. Man. <clears throat> What's so amazing, Dad, is you've got a whole group of people in in America and some in power in, in Congress and in different places of power that are yep. are saying we that's the way we want to go. And, We're I mean, helping them. We, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like we we want to go under a failed system. I mean, the the communism was a spectacular failure, and yet you got people in America saying, "Well, that's what we want. We don't want freedom." Yeah, we we're seeing the beginning control. of a socialist-run, a socialist-run country. Next stop, communism. It just That's keeps exactly repeating right. itself, and a lot of, lot of blood well, is being well, what shed. I think, what I think Paul was, his point to the Corinthians, which is the powerful point, is that he's stressing that we're all members, no matter what category we're from. But we also then should accept the diversity of each individual member. Because then he got into, you know, just imagine if we were just an eyeball or an ear. I mean, it's almost, this is almost like a comic strip. Well, if you think about it, if your body with all the parts, if you were just an ear, you'd be pretty helpless yep. and pathetic. I mean, you'd be pathetic looking, but what could, you could just. Need the eyes all, and the arms and the nose well, and the mouth. All you could do is just hear. I mean, just think about it. You're an ear, the whole body. You're just listening. That'd be pretty pathetic. <laughs> so he's he's wanting to say, look, yeah, you appreciate your differences and your diversity and the different gifts that God gives you because all together in one, you're going to be a force for good because of God's power. And I know that was his point because when you think about like the negative view of acting not like you should as a part of the body. He brought that up in 1 Corinthians 6 when he said, uh, what was that, uh, in 15, when he was talking about not committing sexual immorality, he's like, don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of, of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Because the sub-point there is, look, you're taking the whole body. Since you're representing Christ, you're taking everybody in there with you in this moment because of what you're a part of. So that was kind of his negative admonition on why you don't do that. You're taking Phil, Jace, everybody with you and Christ himself. What are you thinking? Then on a positive side in 1 Corinthians 10 in verse 16, he said, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks our a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many, which is there's our diversity and our differences, are one body. 
We're members and we're all one, but we're each individual members. We who are many are one body for we we all partake of the one loaf. So the positive admonition there is that we're all united in Christ and his blood and his broken body, which is alleviates a lot of problems and friction that would come from being selfish. You know, let's take a break. No, and it's a great point, Jase. And, you know, when you start thinking about the importance of a body, because he uses a human body as his illustration, I mean, what part would you want to be without? Uh, I mean, the answer is none. I mean, I, I want all of it. We, we All of us know people who are missing an eye or missing a leg or missing, you know, because of disease or war or whatever. And, I mean, you want to be whole. You want every part of your body to feel whole. And sometimes people on the, on the earth have to do without it, but would you choose to do without any part of your body? The answer is no, you know, God made us to be complete and whole. And so he uses that same illustration. We was talking about the church. And then of course, as we're getting into chapter 13, the arch is love is what's going to hold all that together. Cause this is obviously a body of people that are very dysfunctional because well, you remember the guy. Themselves. Yeah, uh, you remember the guy who was uh, back when we commercial fished the river? He was a fellow commercial fisherman, and remember, he caught when he didn't, when he wasn't having a good year or a good month selling fish. He would sell different parts of his body to science. I didn't even know this was a thing. I'm not remember that when he was going oh, yeah. through that that day. Yep. About what all your organs and members of your body yep. were worth. He knew exactly how much money you would get off each part. And I thought about right. this verse. I was thinking, you're selling your body parts while you're alive? <laughs> you know, and he was like, yeah. He did. There's a lot of money in this. He did. But I thought about this practical application that Paul was making here. I was like, we, we don't. We don't just use parts of our body for for selfish gain or what we can get out of them because, I mean, that's insanity to do it in real life with your body. And you're like, well, nobody would do that. No, Phil and I met a guy. He, yeah. Most everything are, we have two of, he only had one. You say, why? But you Jason, are you surprised that he didn't live to mine and your age? No. He died in his, he yeah. died in his late 40s, early 50s. Yep. Because that's a rather short-sighted plan to sell body parts because yep. God, God made us to, that we need that. I you mean, know? you know. I mean, can, the can body, you survive the with, body with is one not kidney? Made, yes. The body is not made up of uh, one part but of many if the foot should say, "Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the I do not belong to the body," it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. In other words, no, you can't. You know, you wouldn't think these arguments come up, but well, exactly, they do. I mean, I remember that guy talking, and I was thinking, okay, an appendix, all right, tonsils, maybe a lung, a kidney. Of course, they were worth more money. A hip, yeah. he I had was thinking. Fingers, he had arms. I mean, it, it, and he was going through the list, and I was like, "Whew!" <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not that's a that's a rather short sighted plan uh, going forward. I mean, and yeah. and the the idea is is that everything is purposed, you know, for glory, and so that's that's what the body of Christ should be. And so, whenever exactly. you got you're fighting against yourself, that's why cancer is such a such a terrible disease because it's your own body producing something that kills the body. Exactly. You know, you, you, you produce but, it. It's cells that are gone amok, you know, and right. so it's like terrible thing. But, Al, that's why I brought that up because you think about in religion today, I mean, there's a lot of groups who specialize in the alienation of other groups. Yeah. And, and to me, that's just, it's just like this guy in a physical way telling us he's selling his body parts for money is are, are people out there just hailing all this abuse toward different religious groups, mostly over stuff that really don't mean a hill of beans. Now, it's important to them, but it has nothing to do with the deity of Jesus Christ or 
on the fathership of the heavenly father, you know, or the Holy Spirit indwelling people. It's it's just about functions of what we're going to do in worship or things like that. Whether you, you know, eat in a church building. Oh, that's, you know, that's not sacred. I mean, you see, you can't do it. So you're alienating anybody who does or whether you have 34 cups when you're drinking the juice or one. You know, because I mean, I'm telling yeah. you, I could make a case where I'd be against that one just from a germaphobic. Twelve twenty-five, <laughs> so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part is honored. You're the body of Christ, and each one of you <clears throat> is a part of it. So different well, functions, different gifts, but one body. And then to go with what you're saying there, like you throw in Second Peter 1, 3, where he says his divine power, his, not ours, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. You know, we spent on the last podcast talking about, I don't think we read it, but uh the first Corinthians uh, eight, is it first Corinthians eight where he says knowledge puffs up, but love builds up yep. or no, where is that? Where is that verse? Yeah, that's it. it. One, uh, yeah. first, first Corinthians eight, one. And of course the irony of that verse is that then he calls them ignorant. And the problem was they, they weren't getting to know him going back to the gift Giver, But, you know, Peter's assessment of it is he's given you everything we need. But I feel like in the church and in the body, it's like we always want something that we don't have. And and part of the definition of what love was is it doesn't envy or we want what someone else has. Yep. We're we're not content with what God has given us. And so we get jealous because of what somebody else is doing. I've heard people say that before. You know, I've asked them to speak or something. They're like, well, I don't have a good testimony. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Because <laughs> you're a human. We're all humans. Right. However God worked his grace into your heart. You're part it, of the body. It, it's awesome because it's about what he did and not how you view what what has happened. Because if you don't think you have a good testimony... The testimony ultimately goes back to what God did in you. So how could that not be good? No, that's a <clears throat> that's a good point, Jase. Uh, let's take a break. It's like we used to do. At least I used to do marriage ministry with Tommy and Beverly Inman, and you know Tommy and Beverly have had a great marriage. They've been married almost fifty years, and so we were doing ministry with them, and we were having all these crisis couples come in. They were like, "Well, we just don't know that we're going to be very good at this because we hadn't had a lot of struggles." I said, "You're exactly who these people need to listen to because you haven't had the same struggles." Like they saw that as a deficiency, I saw that as a huge blessing. I'm like, "Tell them how you did it." because they don't want to keep living the, the way that they're living. So their testimony of, you know, basically loving each other and, and, you know, trying to have a great marriage was exactly what these folks needed to hear. So you're right. Everybody has makes a difference, which is the point that he makes in 12 when he gets to 13. Well, that, well, that, that's why everybody also, is worth something. That's why he also said, if you go back to where we started, you know, when he got to chapter three in speaking of all the divisions that were happening in the church and selling your body parts in verse eight, it says the man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose and each will be re rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For there is no other foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Which, which goes with what I was reading in Hebrews 11 earlier. You know, before he said about this looking for the heavenly city that God is preparing for them. In verse 10 of chapter 11, he said... God, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. 
Well, God is the architect of this whole thing. He's the builder. We're just, he's allowing us to be used by him. And we're all on that same page. We're God's field. We're God's building. We're, despite our little differences that we should ignore, and that despite our little, our little wants and likes and dislikes within organized religion, I guess. I mean, the big picture was you won't get divided if you'll look at this from this viewpoint. This is God's building. He's the architect. He's building it. I should be just happy to be here and do what I can with whatever gift he's given me. Now, that's a good point. <clears throat> you know, you think about it. First John 4 says that God is love. So if he is love, that means if you remove God out of the equation in whatever way you do it, you, you see no love. So what, Jason, when you, you erroneously you know, we're led into a situation that, you know, in complete ignorance, because you're, you're trying to follow your GPS, you go in a situation and you run into a person that obviously has a love problem because he couldn't even as a fellow human being couldn't say, OK, I get it. You know, just, you know, but we don't, you know, anything but what he did. But what he what was just what was shown there was a complete lack of love. Now I'm not judging the man's heart, but I'm thinking there's not a lot of God going oh, on. I, I think you life. can say it. He did not love me. There was yeah. zero sign. I'm one hundred percent sure that he wanted ill harm to come my way because of what happened. He showed not one ounce of compassion, understanding, forgiveness, kindness, patience, not an ounce. It was not there. And therein is the war that's been going on since Adam and Eve. That's it. And, and it's the age-old good versus evil, any way you slice it. I mean, I actually thought about old Johnny Ringo or the conversation when he said, he's just mad, He's he hates <laughs> And they say, why? Yeah. He said, for being born. He said, what's he want? He said, revenge. Yeah. He said, he said, for what? And he said, for being born. He said, there's a giant hole in his heart. Right it in the just, middle of Because he just mean now, you know, his theology was a little off because like I, I told you all in the overtime of the last podcast, we have this newborn baby and you're just looking. I mean, everybody starts off great. They're innocent, pure, can't can't mess up in their speech because they can't speech. There's a little, eh, eh, <coughs> eh, eh, give me some milk, eh, 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 change my diaper, eh, eh, eh. but they're just beauties. And then all of a sudden, when you reach that age and realize you're different from other people, because we all are different, and all the the selfish ambition comes up and the cravings of the sinful life and desires, and then chaos ensues in everybody. Yeah. So, so if you go around waiting for somebody to mess up or take a wrong turn, it's going to happen because we all make yeah. mistakes. And in this case, <clears throat> it was an innocent mistake, and I had nothing but love, compassion, and for him just as a fellow human being. But unfortunately, we never got that far down the path because yep. he was like, get out. Here, never come back. You blankety blank. What I love about it is you had an ear witness there to hear it. So I want to I want to read these first three verses just to intro it because we're almost out of time, and then we'll flesh it out next time. But I have a I have a a love formula. I have a mathematic formula that I want to share with y'all, and it comes from these first three verses of thirteen. Paul said, "And now I will show you the most excellent way." If I speak in the languages, tongues of men and of angels, which is kind of ironic because we'll talk about that next time. But, you know, what would angels, what would their language be? Which is kind of fascinating to me. But I have not love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. And so my formula is, is everything minus love equals nothing. That's my formula. for Everything, everything minus love. Minus love equals equals nothing. nothing. 
Did you come up with that yourself? Uh, no, I read it somewhere. <laughs> that needs to be a... Well, wait a minute now. Every, all right, so let's do it again. Everything minus love equals nothing. Look, you know what just hit me out? The verse that says, unless I wish you could uh, speak with five, that's five words, intelligible yeah. words. Where's that, where's that's that right. word? That's 14, about yeah. verse 18. So, which look, yes. God introduced the idea of a thesis right there. You realize that? Right. That's he was it. saying, I would rather you have a bumper sticker. Just say, give me five words that we can use. Put it in a bumper sticker. Then all of this fathoming mysteries and angelic tongues and these crazy supernatural gifts that I'm giving you, by the way. So those five words are powerful, Al, because I, I do think that formula is sound. It is. And it really encapsulates those first three verses because he lays out some pretty amazing things. I mean, you're talking about faith that moves mountains. I mean, mar being a martyr, because that's what he's talking about by surrendering to the flames. He was like, I could give it all, but if I don't love, what have I gained? I, it's, it's, it's not worthwhile. I've missed the whole point. Yep. I, I feel I have to read this, Al, be, to close, right, because close we know the verse in 1 John four sixteen that says, God is love. God is love. That's three words. But before he said that, he said, this is love, 410, because I think this shows the difference. And these people were obsessed with the gifts that God gave them instead of obsessed with God himself. So 1 John 4.10 said, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's good. So we'll, uh, so next time we're going to break down the rest of that text because it's so good. And then there, you kind of teased this last time, Jace, that we're going to get into the gifts ideas of what's still, you know, is everything still there? In our overtime segment today, I wanted to, we talked a little bit about it, but I want to be a little more specific about adversaries of love. In other words, what are those things that try to take love out of whether it's the church, a person, a country, a culture, whatever? So we'll talk about that in the overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.